Good morning, everyone. My name is Amy Hubbard. If we haven't met yet, I'm part of the leadership team here at High Point. And you guys, welcome to my house. You may have noticed, don't adjust your screens. We have a bit of a change of scene today for our service. You are at our house, and I'm so excited to get the opportunity to share with you this morning. It's been a bit of a year so far, hasn't it? Um, It hasn't gone like we thought. We've missed seeing each other. We've missed being together regularly on a Sunday. But I just want to say that um, I miss you guys, and it's great to be able to share with you this morning. So what I want, I want to get right into the message today and talk to you about some of the things the Lord has been showing me over these last couple of months. You know, at the beginning of every year, like a lot of you, I think, do, I pray and ask God if there's a word for the year that he wants me to focus on. So around the, you know, the last week of December after Christmas, I begin to pray and kind of think about it into January. And for me, this year, the word surprised me a little bit because it didn't make sense to me. And I didn't really know what I was supposed to do with it. And so this year, I felt pretty strongly in in early January that my word for the year was essential. Essential. And I was kind of like, why essential? Why not focus or goals or priorities or something like that? But I just felt it again, that God wanted me to focus on the word essential and to explore what that word might mean for me and for my life. Ha ha, well... Little did I know in early January that the word essential would come to be uh, quite the buzzword for 2020 uh, for the whole nation. We begin to hear about essential businesses, essential workers, and little did I know that for all of us, pretty much by the time March came around, that the pause button would be hit on all but the most essential things in our lives. So... I want to drill down a little bit today on what essential can mean for you and for me. So I think it's safe to say that 2020 has been a year so far full of unprecedented challenges and things going on for all of us. From the random uh, murder hornets. Do you guys remember those? (laughs) Google them. No, actually don't. Don't Google them. Don't do that. But just take my word for it. It is random. So from that to the heartbreaking, the global pandemic of the coronavirus and not only the loss of life um, that we've seen across our nation and around the world, but the financial losses and just uh, the tragedies that we've seen unfolding to unexpected joys that we've seen. We've seen strangers uh, being kind to others in the most amazing ways from drive-by birthday parties to... to, uh, food pantries, and all the wonderful things that people have been doing to care for their neighbor. And most recently, uh, tumultuous things going on. The, the racial tensions that have once again boiled over in our country and the, the injustices that we've become more and more aware of. It's been a year, you know? If I'm honest, for me, each month this year has felt like three months in itself. And as I've dealt with and tried to process everything going on, The Holy Spirit keeps reminding me of that word he gave me at the beginning of the year, essential, essential. So I begin to ask, okay, God, you gave me this word before I even knew what was going to be coming. So what's essential? What's essential for me? What's essential for us in this season and always? 
Well, I want to jump right in this morning to two scriptures. So if you have a Bible handy or a Bible app, however you might be reading it this morning, turn to Matthew, the book of Matthew. Uh, it's the first book of the New Testament. We're going to turn to chapter 22, and we're going to read verses 37 through 40. Now, Jesus has just been asked by the people he's teaching, what is the greatest commandment in all of Scripture? And this is his answer. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now we're going to talk about that more in just a minute. But before we do that, I want you to flip over a few a few books to the, to the right of that, to the book of Galatians, which is one of Paul's letters to one of the early churches. And in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul writes, Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So, we see in Matthew that Jesus sums up all of the law into two commandments. And if you're a Jesus follower... You've heard these before. You're familiar with these. He says, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Then Paul later elaborates on this a little bit. He says, share each other's burdens, and that's how you obey the law of Christ. So we have what the law of Christ is, and then Paul tells us one of the ways in which we obey it. So what does this mean for me? What does this mean for you? What's essential here? What's essential is... Loving God means loving others like I would want to be loved. This means caring about them. This means sharing the burdens of those around me. This means that your problem is my problem. If it hurts you, it hurts me. Now, I always like to look at the original language. Now, spoiler alert, the New Testament is not written in English. I don't know if you guys knew that. So Paul's letters are written in Greek. And so the Greek word that is translated into burdens here for us is not a burden that you can manage on your own. Okay? I don't want you to think of a backpack when you hear that word. I want you to think of a boulder. Okay? Not a backpack, a boulder. So when Paul says, share one another's burdens and therefore obey the law of Christ, he's saying, come alongside people that are dealing with something that is crushing them, that are dealing with something that is too heavy for them to manage on their own. And when you do that, Paul says, you're obeying the law of Christ. You're loving God. You're loving your neighbor as yourself. Now, what this means, because you see, in Scripture, we're not given a command that then God won't enable us to obey. God is not about putting something on you that's going to be impossible for you to do. So I know that if I'm a follower of Jesus, if I have the Holy Spirit living in me, that the Holy Spirit is going to empower me to do what he's asked me to do. God is a good father. He's not out to frustrate us by giving us things that we could never attain. And so we know that by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, We can share the burdens of others. We can come alongside them. So, what does this actually mean, practically speaking? Now remember, we're talking about essentials. 
In fact, the title of this message today is Essential Business, right? So what's my essential business as a Jesus follower, and how do I, how do, I do it? Well, as most things do, it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. It's going to God and saying, God, I don't get it. I don't understand all the complexities of this person's situation. I don't really know what I can do to help, but Lord, I'm coming to you. It starts with prayer. Pray for people. Pray that God would give you his own heart for his people. Honestly, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. This kind of thing, uh, this kind of life is not about following a religious system of rules and regulations. See, the people that Jesus went to in his lifetime, they were really good at that. They were really good at the system. And what he was trying to help them do was get better at the relationship, get better at the love part. And that's what we're wanting to do as well. So starts with prayer and starts with relationship with Jesus. Sometimes sharing the burdens of others means asking questions and listening to them when I don't understand maybe what they're dealing with. Sometimes it means letting them know I'm praying for them and then actually praying for them. Now, I know I've been guilty of that. I will tell someone I'm going to pray for them and then I honestly forget to do it, right? So tell them you're going to pray for them and then pray for them. You don't have to be prolific. Just ask God, Lord, help this person. Be with them, Lord. Draw near to them. Sometimes sharing another's burden means giving financially when you're able to, to someone in need. It could be as simple as loading up their Starbucks app so that they know you love them and you're thinking of them. Give them a little, you know, caffeine to get through whatever they're going, going through. Sharing another's burden also means taking the time to just find out how I can support them best. Now, Lest you think, because I know some of you may be thinking, now hang on a minute, Amy. This sounds very like warm and fuzzy and just cuddly and squishy, okay? I hear you. I get it. But sharing one another's burdens and loving like God would have us love, it isn't always warm and fuzzy and cozy. Sometimes it means coming alongside someone and speaking loving truth to them, something that they might need to hear. Now, our best example of this clearly is Jesus. Jesus who loved perfectly and who certainly told people things they didn't want to hear sometimes. So our faith, my faith, your faith in Jesus is expressed in how we love other people. Full stop. That was not my idea, okay? This is straight from Scripture. In fact, Jesus says, I believe in John 17, Jesus says, the world will know that I, God, am real by how you love each other. Wow. This is how we love Jesus, by loving other people. Not in some airy, philosophical, abstract way, but you, right now, where you are, however you're listening to this today, how are you loving people? How are you loving the people that he's put in your life, in your sphere, in your community? Now, all of this may sound 
simplistic, right? Have you got the Beatles in your mind? All you need is love. Where's my brass section? Yeah, okay. I didn't expect to sing in this message, but that's fine. This may sound simple to you, but it isn't easy. Simple is not easy. If 2020 has taught me anything thus far, it's that there is so much I don't know what to do about. The news is overwhelming, right? Not only is the news overwhelming, but sometimes people's opinions about the news is overwhelming. And so, listen, I'm going to be honest, and I would imagine that some of you can relate. In the face of that kind of overwhelming uh, input, it can be easy sometimes. It can be the path of least resistance sometimes to shut it all out and to just say, you know what? I'm not going to think about any of that. I'm just going to be nice to people. I'm going to smile at people. And I'm just going to hope for the best. Listen, I've honestly thought that many times. But it's a good thing the Lord knows us so well. Because he knows that we have the tendency to close our hearts off when things get too hard. And in the book of James, chapter 2, This is what the Word of God says in regards to that. It says, Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. So for me, In 2020, remember, we're thinking about what's essential. That was my word. What's essential? I cannot close my eyes and my ears to the pain that's around me. Not if I want to follow Jesus. Not if I want to obey the law of Christ. I can't do it. I can't just say nice things and wish everyone, you know, good luck, be warm, be well fed, like the book of James says. Not when I know that to fulfill the law of Christ is to bear the burdens of others. Not when I know that faith without action, it isn't really faith. So, can I fix the burdens of others? Can I just make it all right? Probably not. No. But I can join my prayers, my support, my faith with my brothers and my sisters Because listen, I know actual people in my real life, and you do too, who are being affected right now by everything that's been going on this year, who are hurting right now. Those people matter to me. I love them. I want to love them like Jesus loves them. So here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pray when it's easier to distract myself from what's going on. I'm trying to listen to the people in my life, both people I know personally and Christian leaders that I respect. And I'm trying to read the word and ask God how to apply it in love to the world around me. Now, you may hear this, all of this, and you think, you know what? That's great, but I've got my own burdens to bear. I've got my own boulder that I'm trying to deal with right now. And you probably do. This has been a hard year in a lot of ways for all of us. So I'm not minimizing anything that you may have going on right now that you are struggling with. 
With that in mind, I want to tell you a quick story that came to mind uh, regarding all of this. So many years ago, most of you know, uh, if you attend High Point, that Jason and I lived in Australia for 10 years. And uh, when our kids were little, that's where we were raising them. And so many years ago, I was flying alone with Nate back to the U.S. from Sydney. Now, at this point, Nate is now 14. He's taller than me. But at this point, he was just under two years old. And because Jason and I were watching every dollar, we did not have a... uh, Sorry, I'm going to start that over. And because Jason and I were watching every dollar, we had not purchased a seat for Nate. He was sitting on my lap for the entirety of the 15-hour flight from Sydney to Los Angeles. So, here we go. I'm sitting on this plane. People are boarding. I'm mentally preparing myself for what is ahead of me, right? I've got all the snacks. I've got blankets. I've got toys. I've got everything to try to keep him busy in the five square feet available to me for the next five hours, 15 hours, right? Now, if you've ever flown with a baby, I know you're feeling my pain. In fact, if you're watching live right now, I want you to drop a crying emoji into the chat, please, because do you feel this? Do you feel the burden that I was experiencing in that moment. Okay, but listen, next to me, I've got Nate on my lap. Next to me is an empty seat. You guys, that is golden. So people are boarding this huge international flight, and I start praying. I'm a woman of faith. God hears my prayers. I'm asking, Lord, please leave this seat next to me empty. Because I'm already imagining all the wonderful things that I can do with this empty seat. I can sit him in it. I can put our stuff in it. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And and slowly, the trickle of people boarding the plane slows down. And that seat's still empty. And I start, in my heart, doing like an old-fashioned praise dance. If I'd had a banner, I would have been waving. And I was so excited. Do you see where this story is about to go? There's about to be a turn. So... Down the aisle comes a lady, and she stops next to me in the aisle, and she does that kind of like pointing and eyebrow-raising thing that you do when you're trying to tell someone that that that's your seat. And so I'm like, put my game face on, kind of adjusted so she could get in and sit next to me, and I'm already in my heart going, okay, God, that's fine. I thought, that's fine. It's going to be all right. We're going to get through this. So we chat a little bit, and then she says this to me. She says, you know, this wasn't originally my seat. I asked to sit here. And my smile faltered just a little bit. And I said, oh, you you did? She said, yeah, see, I'm actually terrified of flying. And so I asked the ticket agent if they could sit me next to someone with a baby. Because I thought maybe sitting next to a baby or a toddler would distract me from my fear. And so I said oh, wow, so, so this seat was going to be empty. This, whole, this seat was going to be empty until you asked to sit here. That's, that's just great. <laughs> wow, isn't it crazy how life works sometimes? So here we go, right? We're taxing down the runway. Nate, my son, still on my lap, is starting to squirm. He wants to get down. We've already been sitting there forever. 
So I'm kind of talking to him. I'm jiggling him on my lap, trying to keep him entertained while I know we can't get up. We're, we're taking off. And I feel a tap on my shoulder. I lean over. She, I say, yes. And she says, could you hold my hand while we take off? I'm really afraid. Well, how can you say no to that, right? So I've got her here. I'm holding her hand. I've got my other arm around Nate. I'm jiggling him. He's starting to cry. I'm singing in his ear, probably the theme to Little Einstein's. Anyone know it? Anyone? Singing to Nate. I'd lean over and say, are you okay? How you doing? Okay, bouncing Nate. Singing to Back and forth like this until we reach cruising altitude. You guys... I'm sure I looked like a crazy person, and I promise you, as sure as I'm standing here right now, in that moment, I felt God lean near to me and say, you have to admit this is pretty hilarious. And you know what? It actually was pretty hilarious. Now, that's a silly story, but I think it illustrates an important point here. You see, what I saw in that situation as my burden to bear which was the stress of flying alone with a toddler for 15 hours. And I tell you what, that's stressful. That's the very thing that drew someone in need to me. My circumstances, which I would have gladly changed in that moment, those circumstances were what someone else needed to receive help and comfort. Now, if you had asked me before what I have thought in that moment, that I had the extra mental space, the extra emotional energy to give to anyone else besides me and my kid? (laughs) No way. But God knew differently. Paul even mentions that in the scriptures. The Bible talks about that the God of all comfort enables you and me to comfort others in the same way that he comforts us. Hear this today. Sometimes, When we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, our less-than-ideal circumstances actually enable us to love others like Jesus wants us to. Can you hear that this morning? Sometimes the difficulty, the burdens that we're bearing, the things we're going through, enable us to love others like Jesus wants us to love them. Why? Well, they can humble us. They can build empathy in us, and they can make us more aware that, hey, if I'm going through something, this person over here probably is too. So here is what is essential for me in 2020, and really always, to love Jesus and love others by bearing their burdens with them. It's simple but it's not easy. See, I know that when I feel overwhelmed by my own life, and then, aside from my own life, I see what else is going on in the world, my tendency can be to just shut it all out, shut it all down. I think, nope, I've got too much going on in my own life. I don't know, I don't understand why they think the way they do. I don't understand how to help anyway. I'm just I'm just not going to worry. I'm just, I can't worry about that right now. I get it. I've certainly felt that way myself, but, and that may be the way the world operates, but it's not the way of the Jesus follower. Last point, and then we're going to pray and close. This is something important to understand. Galatians 6 says, 
share one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. The Bible doesn't say, and Jesus doesn't ask us to fix their burdens. He asks us to share them, to love them like you love yourself, to love them until there isn't an us and a them, till there isn't a right and a left, till there's a we. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Andy spoke about living a life worthy of the calling of Christ. Out of Ephesians chapter 4, he talked about being unified in the body of Christ. And the title of that message was, Stay Together, Whatever It Takes. I think this is a key part of that. Asking ourselves, am I loving others? Am I loving Jesus by loving others how he would have me to do that? Is there a way that I can come alongside the people in my life, whether it be a practical thing like dropping off groceries or a more intensive thing like really sitting and listening to someone's story that you don't understand maybe or haven't experienced for yourself? Even when we don't know how to fix it, solve it, or even understand it completely, I really believe this is key to being a Jesus follower in this day and age, to loving others and to loving God. Amen? All right, I want to close our time together today with a prayer, but kind of a more formal prayer. Now, I grew up in the Methodist church, a more traditional congregation. Some of you uh, haven't grown up in church at all. Some of you have gone to more formal churches. And where I grew up, every Sunday at the end of the service, the pastor would stand up and pronounce what's called a benediction over the service. Now, benediction is just a churchy word for blessing. But it was a way to kind of commission and send out the people into the world with the blessing of God and kind of their marching orders for the week. So I want to read one over us today that actually was written about 130 years ago, and it can be found in the Book of Common Prayer. And as I do this today, I don't know where you are. You might be sitting on your couch. You might have toddlers crawling all over you. You might be in your car. Wherever you are, if you can, I want you to just adopt a posture of receiving this morning. So if you can even just put your hands out and receive this prayer, receive this blessing as we then go out into a new week. Go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Show love to everyone. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of Almighty God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.